0: Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Natural Health with CNM, the College of Naturopathic Medicine. I'm your host, Michelle Sanchez. Today, I'm joined by homeopathic doctor and naturopath, Jodie Cahill. Jodie is going to be talking to us about first aid homeopathy and the essential remedies to keep at home for ailments such as cuts, bruises, and nausea. She'll be explaining what homeopathy is and how to use it. Dr. Jodie Cahill is a homeopathic doctor naturopath and homotoxicologist at Novus Vita Health. She's also a senior lecturer and the director of homeopathy at CNM. Jody qualified with a master's in homeopathy at the Durban University of Technology in South Africa. Moving to the UK in 2008, she has had multiple clinics in London where she's developed a special interest in fertility and mental health. Hi Jody. how are you? Hi Michelle, how are you? I'm great, thank you. Thanks. Thanks so much for joining me today to share your knowledge and experience with us. It's really great to have you on the show. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to um, yeah chat about homeopathy. Great. So now you've just received CNM's 2020 Award for Outstanding Contribution in the Field of Natural Therapy. So a big congratulations and well done. Oh, thank you. Thank you. What an achievement. <laughs> so now homeopathy is an area of natural medicine, which is very interesting. And it's been used for hundreds of years. And in some countries, it's used as a primary 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 form of healthcare, but many people haven't heard of homeopathy and all they've heard the term, but they don't know what it is. So, and it's also one of those modalities I find, which is quite hard to explain and define. So hoping you're going to break it down for us today. But before we get into that, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself, your experience as a practitioner and your role at CNM? Absolutely. So I've been, as you've said, I've been practicing in the
1: UK since two thousand and eight. I've been with CNM since two thousand and eleven. And it's it's been such an amazing journey kind of being involved with the progression of of students, you know, kind of coming through the doors at CNM. But you know, my my as you've said, my special interest is fertility and mental health. And it's an area that I, I've felt quite passionate about since I was I was quite young. To give you a bit of a background about my kind of journey into homeopathy and at least into the kind of complementary field, my my background was really more, you know, very kind of GP orientated. I have a family of of doctors and really the go-to was generally always pharmaceutical drugs. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately within my family, we've got quite a lot of mental health uh, conditions and which for many of them have been kind of medicated with pharmaceutical drugs. And from very young, I could identify that, you know, there was something kind of wrong with how these individuals were being managed because for the most part, there wasn't really any kind of improvement or progression. So, you know from very young, I kind of identified that there must be some other form of healing, and so this kind of started my journey into into homeopathy from there. It's just been one amazing journey after another. Homeopathy is such a beautiful system of medicine, which I think most people that have not encountered it before, you know, they don't really know, understand what it is. And very often people would say to me, you know, I used uh, lavender oil. You know, I do love homeopathy. And it and kind of <laughs> yeah. really starts that, that dialogue of, well, that's not really homeopathy. It just reflects people's really kind of misunderstanding of what this amazing form of medicine is. But, you know, CNM for me has been such an amazing platform to kind of reach out to those individuals. You know, a lot of our students coming through the doors equally don't really know much about homeopathy. They've come there to study nutrition or herbs, but it's a great platform for me to kind of start getting people exposed to homeopathy and start kind of using it at home. It is a fantastic one. I've raised both my, my two girls using homeopathy and you really
0: see the impact this has on, on one's immune system. Absolutely. And uh, I second that. So when I say to people, I'm a naturopath, so I trained in Australia where most people do know what one is. But when I come back to the UK, I sort of say, oh, you know, I'm a naturopath. And they're like, oh... So that's like a homeopath, isn't it? <laughs> so people just automatically think that, oh, yes, that's what homeopathy is. So it's um, it's quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. So tell us about your role at CNM. So you're the director of homeopathy and you also lecture. Indeed. Which courses do you lecture?
1: So I've been lecturing in biomedicine, which is the first intake for all the students coming through CNM biomedicine is is looking really at the the kind of sciences of the body it looks at biology and physiology and anatomy and pathology which is the study of disease so I teach in biomedicine and I'm the senior lecturer in in biomedicine I also teach on the naturopathy too I've taught on the nutrition course yeah as you said we're starting the homeopathy diploma which is I'm super excited about and hopefully we get to talk about that too.
0: Absolutely. Great. Fantastic. So now let's move on to homeopathy. Firstly, can you please explain what homeopathy is and how it works? Yes. So a lot of people, it, it's quite a challenging one to
1: explain, even for a homeopath, because it's, its uh, you know, it's working on a more kind of energetic level of healing. So For many of the listeners who perhaps maybe not be familiar with the concept of what a vital force is, you know, vital force, I heard a practitioner actually a couple of weeks ago explain a vital force is the part of, of, of an individual that is no longer there when a person passes. So you know when you have the physical body that is is left behind, what has left, what is not there. So you know some people may call this the spirit or the essence or the chi or the prana. You know, in different modalities, we refer to it as as being slightly different terms, but it's in essence it's all the same thing. It's it's something that kind of is the energetic essence of an individual. And it's a unique energetic essence. You know, we all are completely different uh, entities. We may have the similar physical structure, but the energetics is different. And so when we have a look at homeopathy, what we're really trying to do is kind of tap into understanding what is that individual's physical essence. And so when we choose uh, remedies for an individual, the, the best analogy for me to use is an example of a homeopathic remedy called allium cepa which is onions and most of us you know when we chop an onion we get watery eyes and interestingly in homeopathy we use allium Sepa for hay fever symptoms so what we're doing in homeopathy is we're trying to kind of observe the energetic essence of, of an individual when they're in a state of disease and then try to choose a remedy that is similar so the kind of foundation of homeopathy is based on this this concept of like cures like So it's trying to find a kind of similar energetic resonance in nature than we see being disturbed in the individual. Does that make sense?
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Yes, no, it 100% does. And I think when you use that example, it really sort of um, explains it. So I always like to use the example of coffee. So coffee, for most people, would keep them up at night. But homeopathically, you use uh, to in minute doses, and that is what you use to treat insomnia, isn't it? Exactly, exactly, absolutely. So I think when you break it down like that, it's sort of, oh, okay, uh, that makes a bit more sense now. So that's brilliant. So what can homeopathy be used for, and are there any conditions or ailments it works particularly well for? Oh, absolutely. Well, of course, you know, in a home type setting, you know, we can use it for a variety of ailments,
1: which we'll chat about too. But, you know, in clinic, I will probably more likely be seeing more chronic type cases, chronic conditions like arthritis or, or inflammatory bowel diseases. So in, in the more kind of home everyday type living, we're seeing more acute Uh, things cropping up. But in essence, really, homeopathy can be used in a variety of different settings. And what I most love about homeopathy is it doesn't come with very many restrictions. We don't see the same uh, because it works on a slightly different level. There's no kind of physical uh, ingredient, so to speak. It's more an energetic medicine. So, Mm -hmm. we don't see any interference with uh, you know pharmaceutical drugs. So, we don't need to be mindful of if someone's on warfarin or if they're on blood pressure medication. And equally, we don't have to be concerned about toxicity effects. So, you know, if, if kitties are taking it you know they're not going to build or develop some kind of toxic reaction
0: so yeah a variety of conditions and and pretty safely too. Absolutely and as you said there it's great for children pregnant women can also take it the elderly so are there any contraindications that people need to be aware of or is it just pretty much safe all around? Well I do think it 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 boils down to also the potency usage so um,
1: you know in homeopathy we have different kind of I guess the equivalent of strengths within the remedies. So yep. uh, generally I would advise patients not to be using um, two, you know potencies called a 200 or a 1M uh, willy-nilly. You know, so I'd, I'd, I'd rather advise for, from a first aid perspective and what you'd be using at home, um, more potencies around a 30C. Um, But as a whole, the only contraindication which I may suggest is if you're getting homeopathic remedies that are uh, lactose based, you know, if you're lactose intolerant, that's probably the only um, issue you may have. Um, But a lot of the the, uh, pharmacies, particularly in the UK, they do make homeopathic remedies with uh, things like sucrose um, and xylitol. So if you are kind of lactose intolerant, there are other options
0: available. Oh, that's great. Yeah, Yeah. because I think some people will struggle with that, wouldn't they? Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> okay, brilliant. I'm glad you touched on that, sort of the the 30C and the, the 200C. So I think sort of uh, most remedies that are available in sort of health food shops or pharmacies would be that 30C. Exactly. Whereas the 200C, you'd want to be getting that prescribed by a homeopath and working with them exactly individually, yeah. wouldn't you? Yeah. No, fantastic. So now with homeopathy as well, you can get it in a number of different forms. So you can get your pillules, your liquids and your sprays. Can you please explain these different forms and how they work? And is one form particularly better than another or is it just personal preference?
1: Yeah, I think it does. It does boil down to personal preference. So what's easy to kind of administer? And of course, you know, if you're looking at a child, um, sometimes there may be certain routes of administration that's easier than than others. So um, for the most part, I generally find that, you know, getting uh, the pillules, um, which is what's readily available over the counter and easily accessible for most individuals. That's probably the easiest route of administration. Um, Yeah. And and it's and with little ones, you know, if you do have a pill, um, I remember with with my girls, um, when they were younger than six months old, of course, they don't have the capacity to kind of roll a little pillule in their mouth. So, Mm -hmm. uh, in that situation, you would just kind of crush those little pills in in between two spoons and um, spoon that into their mouth. Um, So, it's really easy to administer from any age really
0: oh that's fantastic I didn't know that you could do that actually so it's okay to crush them for little ones
1: yeah absolutely
0: oh fantastic so what other are there any other do's and don'ts when taking homeopathy because I have heard different things you know don't take it after you've brushed your teeth and take it away from water and away from food and don't store it near sort of uh you know computers and televisions and things can you talk us through that yeah so so the first
1: one that you raised in terms of of, um you know making sure you're not taking with peppermints i think the issue around that was you know if you're having anything minty it does cause vasoconstriction of the vessels in the mouth so that just impedes on the kind of absorptive capacity so it is advisable to rather kind of steer steer clear of kind of uh, you know, at least fifteen minutes away from brushing teeth, or you know, even if pe- things are like peppermint tea. A lot of people just assume it's just brushing teeth, but anything with mints, just to kind of steer clear of a good fifteen minutes if you're taking uh, homeopathics. A lot of people also, you know, coffee can sometimes, in some individuals, antidote some of the remedies. But in my experience, I, I find that if an individual is used to drinking coffee, actually part of their energetics, they, they that generally doesn't negate the remedy. I, I find it interesting. There's a lot of differing views amongst homeopaths. What I I have seen is that a lot of our kind of caution around using homeopathy isn't really kind of based on on a hell of a lot. It's it's really kind of based on just opinion and uh, assumption. Mm-hmm. So things like coffee, you know, negating remedies, I found people kind of still responding to to homeopathy even with taking coffee. From a storage side of things, absolutely. Ideally, you know, storing away from kind of humid environments, away from the kitchen or the kitchen sink, away from the bathroom. So it needs to be stored in a kind of cool. Dark, dry place. In terms of of administering it around kind of food, I would kind of steer clear also, you know, just apply that kind of 10, 15 minute principle rule. You just really want the mouth to be relatively clean and ready for absorption as quickly as possible.
0: Oh, no, that's great. That's fantastic, Jodie. Thanks for clarifying that because I know when I was giving my daughter homeopathics when she was little, they were saying, you know, do it an hour either side of food or drink and you know when babies are feeding quite a lot or having milk that's really impossible isn't it yeah Yeah. and um, I didn't know that about the peppermint as well so that's really good advice thank you Okay, brilliant. So let's now talk about first aid homeopathy. So having your own first aid kit of homeopathic remedies, especially when you have kids, is so helpful for minor ailments, whether it's a cut, a bruise, or colds or nausea. So what are some essential remedies people can use at home? Absolutely. So we're
1: quite lucky in this country. We've got some really fantastic homeopathic pharmacies that do kind of first aid kits. So you can really, the remedies that I'm going to mention to you, all of these can be found in those kits. And just before I kind of jump into those remedies, I do just want to kind of stress that People should not be nervous about using homeopathy so when they take a remedy if it's not the right remedy their body just won't respond to it so you're not going to be creating any kind of toxic uh, uh, response as a result of taking the appropriate um, remedy so what i would try and urge individuals is to really just try it you know a lot of these kits also come with a little pocket book which um, is a great little reference to to try and get you uh, familiar with how to use the remedies and that's the best way to learn about homeopathy and also learn how remarkable it is in terms of, you know, encouraging the body to respond as it's designed to respond. So a couple of my kind of top favorite remedies, and most certainly with my own kiddies, you know, you tend to kind of f- find out which ones you're most likely to kind of be using um, the the obvious remedies, particularly for things like fever, you know, a lot of parents that perhaps may be listening, fever comes up quite regularly, particularly, uh, you know, in, in, as a lecturer, even, you know, this is often a hot point of discussion during a lecture um, of how to manage a fever appropriately. Um, and, you know, we need to be mindful of uh, most people are now aware, but just because we've been so so outspoken about the benefits of a fever. And we know that it's, it's an essential component of the immune response to allow the, that fever to really kind of run its course without too much interference. To be fair, in many cases, even with my own children, I even though I'm a homeopath, I don't necessarily always jump in with homeopathy. Sometimes, you know, just a bit of palliation with, you know, a, a kind of room temperature flannel uh, around their body um, and just encourage them to kind of settle down and and just be. That generally is, is quite a good res- management protocol. But if yeah. you if you are getting concerned that those temperatures are kind of peaking a little bit too high, so in other words, I'm saying if they're going up to kind of 39 degrees, 40 degrees, and we're really concerned about, you know, do we need to use paracetamols or anything like that before jumping into the paracetamol window, there is a remedy called belladonna. And I would recommend belladonna in a 30C. And you can administer that to the child every 15 minutes. And generally, that'll kind of bring the fever down quite comfortably. It's not going to likely eradicate the fever completely. It could potentially um, but in, in my own experience, I normally see that it kind of brings the fever down to a more manageable level. Remember, homeopathy is trying to work with the immune response. So it's not trying to negate it like we see in the pharmaceutical drugs. So that Belladonna Absolutely. really brings it back down. Yeah. Um, sometimes there's a complex that I often recommend to parents just because there's quite a few you know homeopathy is quite a complex uh, um, uh, subject so when it comes to choosing remedies there's often you know 50 or so remedies for one symptom so sometimes complexes can be quite useful Um, and there is a fever complex which has got belladonna, ferrimfos and aconite all in a 50c and you can get the pharmacies like Helios Pharmacy or Ainsworth Pharmacy to kind of mix these up for you Um, and I often recommend parents to have that complex on hand just because I may not always be available to take a call and kind of guide them so you kind of want parents to have something that they can kind of work
0: with that they are assured that will help fantastic that's great advice because that's something that confuses me sometimes because they say all right if the remedy is this you take this one if it's this you take that one and then you think oh I don't know it might be a combination of those yeah, things so that's yes. um, complexes are great for that
1: all right, and yeah, and of course, also you know, when your child is sick and, and you're getting a bit kind of fretful, it's very hard to make those decisions. Uh, even when you've yes. got a book telling you, you know, what to do. Um, yeah, I've been there myself as a parent. Even knowing what I know, so mm-hmm. I know it can be stressful. The other, the other remedy that I think most people are probably aware of, and even if you know what homeopathy is or you don't know what homeopathy is, everyone knows arnica. So I think arnica is kind of like the go-to homeopathic. Oh, loads of GPs even know about arnica even despite them, you know, not necessarily understanding homeopathy. So Arnica 50C is a good one to have at home too. And that kind of covers your general kind of bumps and bruises, which all kitties are going to be exposed to. Um, It's a great one also for athletes. You know, if if you exercise quite frequently, you know, anything from falling over, bumping yourself, Arnica is like the go-to for any kind of injuries, soft tissue injuries.
0: Great. Yes, I love a bit of Arnica too. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And then also... um, one of the, the,
1: the kind of groups of remedies, which I th- find very helpful, particularly when traveling are things that are going to help with things like diarrhea and nausea and vomiting. Because of course, when you, when you are traveling, you know, you don't want to have to kind of panic to try and get to a pharmacy. So I often recommend mm-hmm. to my own patients to make sure that they've got this kind of little travel kit with them, um, which generally is comprised of the remedy that I mentioned earlier on, Belladonna, a bit of Arnica. Um, for diarrhea, I'd like to use remedies like arsenicum, and, and, and there's another one called pod- Podophyllum, um, and both of these also in a 30C. All of these notices, all of them that I've recommended are all in 30C. So when in doubt, just go to a, a 30C potency. Um, but pedophilum normally you find, you know, these individuals when they have diarrhea, it's quite an explosive diarrhea. So that helps you kind of identify, you know, if it's, if it's very kind of yellowy and very explosive and, and you don't know what else to do that can kind of settle the system. And of course, as a naturopath, you know, we're so mindful of not interfering with the diarrhea process. Uh, when people have kind of runny tummies, even little ones, what's key is that we just maintain hydration um, and, you know, don't try and kind of force feed, uh, for, particularly for new parents. It's it's always tempting to want to get your child to eat because you think, crikey, they haven't eaten for 24 hours. You know, heaven forbid, you know, <laughs> something, <laughs> yeah. something something happens that they're not eating. But um, actually, this is the body's kind of normal response is to kind of reduce intake Um, Because at the moment, the priority is to let's clear this this, this threat, let's clear this pathogen. So it's quite important to not just to be mindful of the homeopathic side, but also be mindful of how's the body responding in the situation or why is it responding like this. So, yeah, pedophilum and arsenicum are two of my favorites um, to utilize in that situation. And Arsenicum is a lovely one too. It covers also the vomiting. So, you know, for things like gastroenteritis, if you've got uh, vomiting and diarrhea combo, arsenicum really is like the go-to for, you know, if you could choose any one remedy to take with you on a travel to, to India or to Egypt or, you know, arsenic would probably be my number one.
0: Fantastic. Yes. We'll make sure that we pack that one next time. No. <laughs> and kids are really smart like that, aren't they? They just know when they don't, they don't need yes. to eat because they yes. need their immune system to work efficiently. And ah. I always know when my daughter's going to be sick because then she stops eating. So yeah. 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 And it's good to be mindful of that. I think
1: we, we, we're always so anxious about kind of interfering, but it's important, you know, and we can also sometimes interfere with homeopathy. I think we shouldn't also equally just jump into homeopathy all the time. We just also need to just wait and observe the body and how it's responding. Um, and that's the principle around homeopathy, not homeopathy, around naturopathy is working with the body uh, response.
0: Absolutely. Now, with these remedies, so you can take them in combination. So say, for example, somebody did have a fever and then they also had this runny tummy. Now, so you can take sort of the um, belladonna and then the arsenicum. Now, can you take them at the same time, or do you have to wait before you take? No, what take one, and then take another one ten minutes later? Yeah, um, in most texts, yes, it would
1: it would be kind of spacing them out. So you could either do you could alternate every fifteen minutes with a different remedy. Um, it, to be fair, w- with me in terms of of doing that, sometimes that interferes with with the compliance. So you find kind of patients get a bit kind of frantic about which one have they taken, which one do they need to take now. Um, so yeah, so I, I think it just depends on how easily that individual is able to kind of fall into that rhythm. But in essence, yes, it's supposed to be kind of alternate. Um, in for many of my patients, though, I have sometimes just said, right, just put the, the two of them together and take it if it's going to maintain that individual's compliance and we just need to get that kind of remedy into them. Um, so I wouldn't get too caught up on about this. I think a lot of people also have this view that homeopathy is quite precious and there's all these rules around using homeopathy. Um, and I just don't experience homeopathy in that way. I think it's actually quite a potent, um, it's not as delicate as what people, people think. Um, and I do just want to also add on there is that, um, I often have individuals asking me, oh gosh, I've touched the the pill, you know, is that okay? Because I, I know I'm not supposed to touch the pill. Um, and I would say, look, you're not going to be rolling around in your hands and, <laughs> and, and yeah. playing with it before you take it. But if you do touch it a little bit with your finger, it's not the end of the world. The remedy is still going to be there. It's still going to work. So yeah, don't view homeopathy as being that delicate and that precious. Yeah. It's a lot more powerful than that. <laughs>
0: Great. And thank you for highlighting that because that was one that has always been a concern of mine because they're saying, right, you've just got to pop it in the child's mouth under the tongue and make sure they don't touch it and make sure you don't touch it. But it's quite tricky sometimes. <laughs> yeah, so, and then you, think, you think it's just not going to work. Yes, yes. So you're also a naturopath. So mm-hmm. what advice and tips can you share for using natu- naturopathy in combination with homeopathy for sort of maximum health results?
1: So I think it kind of always boils down to
0: making sure that you have access to kind
1: of good quality water, making sure you're eating properly, making sure you're getting a variety of foods, making sure you're getting physical activity. These are kind of components that are essential to to kind of keeping the body nice and healthy and robust. What we want is a vital force that is strong, that is reactive. And actually, you know, individuals where we know that a vital force is reactive, they often get sick quickly, but they also resolve that sickness really quickly. Yeah. So they often get symptoms that are quite powerful symptoms. They come on very strongly. So they get a very high fever and maybe you've experienced this yourself, but you know with my kiddies, because they're not vaccinated, they're mostly being raised with, with homeopathy. When they get a fever, they'll get a soaring high fever, but then they come out of it within a few hours. So their vital force is incredibly responsive and that's how it's designed to be. And then also the other angle of kind of conscious or mindful eating, you know, there's so much dialogue around, particularly within the nutritional industry, dialogue around uh, certain kind of diets like this or paleo this. And we've kind of lost the plot in terms of what is kind of wholesome, nourishing food. So yeah, so th- that's a kind of naturopathic stance on things.
0: Absolutely. And that is great advice. Just kind of, yeah, making sure you're just eating whole foods, lots of colours, a balanced plate um, is the key really not getting caught up with all the fads no no
1: And, and enjoying the food too I think that's often not spoken about too it's not just about what you're eating it's also about the process of engaging with that meal you know, so we, we should be sitting down as a as a as a group or as a community, and I think if anything, this whole lockdown period has really kind of uh, encouraged people to kind of sit together as families. You know, definitely, it, yeah. So I think that's you know we need to be mindful too of that. I often talk about it in in biomedicine as a cephalic phase, as where the brain is kind of being stimulated by the visual appearance of food and it's engaging with food. You know, that's an, it's so essential. It's not necessarily just always the colourful foods.
0: And also taking time to chew yes. and digest it, because exactly. I think we're always running around and grabbing food on the go, and absolutely not t- not being mindful, as you've said. So yes. great. Right, now let's. I really want to talk about the homeopathy diploma, yes. so because that's very exciting. So. Talk to us about that. What, what's yes. included in the diploma? What are people going to learn? Absolutely.
1: So the diploma we're starting in October this year, and it's it's going to be a three year course. So all students that kind of progress into the diploma still need to do the biomedicine year. How the course is structured is you know at CNM we're very pro getting students to to get their kind of clinical exposure from day one. So and we that's going to be running through the homeopathy course too. So in in day one we really start kind of engaging in this process of homeopathic case taking and how to analyze cases. And this is fundamental to exposure. You know, when I trained, you know, I did a six-year master's degree in homeopathy, and the most amount of, of learning that I ever gained was only when I was in clinic. You know, you can sit in front of a textbook but it's, you're not engaging with the subject. And so we really try and kind of, we've made sure that part of that diploma course is very heavily weighted in, the, in that kind of clinical exposure. Um, yeah. So I'm very excited about it. I think it's going to be, it's going to be a very exciting time for CNM.
0: Fantastic. No, that's great. And sort of after the three years, they'll yeah. be able to just get set up as a homeopath and Absolutely. start practicing.
1: Absolutely. Yeah
0: brilliant now for anyone that wants to just learn the basics about homeopathy we've got the homeopathy for everyday living course yes
1: so we've got so this is a nice one i think also for for a lot of your listeners who perhaps maybe know a little bit about homeopathy or some some individuals who know nothing about homeopathy i think this the homeopathy for everyday living is a great kind of just a bit of a taster it's a taster on some of the concepts of homeopathy and and equally how to start using it at home because as i've said you know the best way to learn about this this modality is really to explore it and utilize it um it's only through using it do you really kind of start appreciating how phenomenal it is and how well it works so yeah so the everyday living course i mean we run that multiple times through the year i often teach on it but we've also got you know the rest of our our homeopathic team also you know kind of um teach on it we've got a variety of of fantastic lecturers so yeah that it's a good it's a good way to intro into homeopathy
0: Fantastic. And so how long would it take you to complete that course roughly? Yes. Yeah. So that, it's run over a weekend. So it's normally on a Saturday,
1: Sunday from 10 until six. And in that also, you know, we, we again, we try and kind of uh, reiterate the kind of clinical application side. So actually, even in the short course, um, I try and kind of uh, get scenarios uh, across to to those attendees to get them you know, trying to think about how would they, would they prescribe, what kind of remedies would they choose? So you really do leave that course with a better insight of how to use remedies at, at home. And I've had loads of individuals that have attended that, that will say, oh, this is fantastic. I used this remedy and I can't believe it worked. And, um, you know, my response is, of course it's going to work. But, um, you know, they, they obviously had an element of doubt um, going into it. So that's, it's, that's really exciting and really rewarding to see when they have that response.
0: Fantastic. And, you know, I second you on the clinic experience you know that really brings everything you've learned all the theory into practical situations and yes. it kind of connects all the dots doesn't it and makes absolutely. it makes a lot more sense
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely and you need that you need to see that because we are you know you can't learn something from a from a textbook you've got to you've got to you know we're dynamic beings we need to interact so yeah it's an important step of learning
0: Absolutely. Now the homeopathy the everyday uh, homeopathy for everyday living is also available online for people that can't attend one of the colleges. Is that right?
1: Indeed, yes it is. Yeah. And it's delivered in, in much the same way. You know, I I've actually done that. So you'd see me on 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 that recording. And again, gives you very kind of practical tools. And the way it's also done is from a very kind of naturopathic stance too. So although it's a homeopathy for everyday living, I do discuss more the kind of naturopathic additional supports so it's not just focus on homeopathy which I think is good you know
0: people need to be mindful of there are other modalities that we can use to support ourselves absolutely I 100% agree so that's great that you're getting that additional information too so just to finish up I just want to ask you what is your one top tip for anybody that just wants to improve their health and feel better about themselves Oh my goodness. My one top, yeah put me on the
1: spot. My one top tip is curiosity. I think that I think if anything, is just about getting out there and getting the information. The information is readily available. And if you're interested in, in this field, if you want to be more empowered, and I think if anything, this is what is so exciting about the current times is that I do think within complementary therapies, we're trying to kind of reinforce that sense of empowerment. So my top tip is really just keep on asking the questions and, and do the do the reading. Follow CNM's doing some fantastic podcasts, which is is looking at different kind of opinions and different takes. There's loads of webinars that you can attend. Also I know CNM's doing a lot of kind of webinar activities or things that you can attend online, which again is just getting you informed. And it's all about empowering individuals and that's really the stance on things. So my top tip is just just keep involved, keep learning and keep keep interested.
0: Love that, Jodie. Yep, be inquisitive and get informed. Fantastic advice. Thank you. Well, that's all we've got time for today. Thanks for listening and a big thank you to you, Jodie, for sharing your knowledge with us. Oh, thanks, Michelle. Now you can find all the information we discussed today and more about Jodie in the show notes on the CNN website at www.cnmpodcast.com. The CNM has a range of short courses, including the Homeopathy for Everyday Living, as well as Diploma courses for a more in-depth study program, so be sure to check those out too. Join us again next week when I talk to health coach and nutritionist Linda Vizzoli about how health coaching can transform your health and life. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you subscribe through your favorite podcatcher so you don't miss any future episodes. While you're there, we'd love it if you could leave us a rating or review as this helps us when creating new content.